You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. When we woke up this morning, I, I, I told Bear that we were going to shul to finish the Torah. <clears throat> and I said, Abba, what happens after that? I said, well, then we start it again. <laughs> so my five-year-old, for those who don't know, my five-year-old said, what happens next? And I said, we start again. He said, said in, I think, it's real Torah what he said. He said, why do you want to start the book again? What's that all about? It's just boring. Why are you starting it again? And there's something, there's something very powerful about that, that innocence that says that something new, something fresh, can't come from something old, something tired, something that's been tread on over and over again. And newness is all the rage, isn't it? Everything has to be new. We have iPhone 3, and then we had 3 this, and 4, and 5, and now you definitely need a 6. And pretty soon you'll need a 7 and an 8. And you'll trade in, and am I, is it okay if I trade in? Do I need a contract? We need new things, right? It has to be new. In our tradition, we want new things to be built on old things. We want newness to emerge from something that is already immersed in something true and that has authentic and integral qualities. New doesn't just pop up out of nowhere. It's not yesh I and something from nothing. New is built upon and depends upon. It's constructed from. And certainly, I didn't share that with Bear. But I was wondering last night as we were walking home and I was talking to my friend Amichai and we were both talking about how powerful it is that in our tradition, last night when we danced around with the Torot and we sang all of those songs and then we read from the end of the book of Devarim, the book dies and it isn't reborn again. It isn't reborn again until this morning. The book died last night, and in between its death, corresponding, of course, with Moses, the author's death, we are left in a limbo, wondering, actually, if it will reappear this morning. The construction of the rabbis around how we read the Torah, the medium is the message. We read it last night. We finished. It died. The sun set on the face of Torah, and we wake up this morning, and we wonder if it will be here again. And sure enough... We wake up and it's here. And it, it invites us to look at old things in a fresh way. So I want to offer something that I've been thinking about all day when I think about this coming year. The Torah wants us to know that it takes two always. It's always better to have two than one in the sense that partnership is at the very heart of our tradition. You would imagine that God 
as the omnipotent God in our tradition, as that which is all-powerful and all-knowing, could do everything by God's self. She could create the world. She could create everything that exists. And yet from the beginning, embedded in the first letter of the Torah, the Bet, which has a numerical value of two, it's the second, not the first letter, which of course drove the rabbis crazy. Why would God start with the second letter and not the first letter? That's what the, the Talmud asked that. Why would God begin with a bet instead of an olive? Why does it begin with B instead of A? And I think the simplest answer is that it's always about partnership and relationship in our tradition. And I don't just mean that in, its, in the quotidians. I don't mean it just this. I mean everything is about partnership. The two most fundamental truths that our tradition can teach us is that there are two rules about how it is to live a holy life. One is called ahava, love, and the other one is called yirah, alternately translated as fear, but it's really not fear. It means mystery. It means that which creates not infatuation, but imagination. Not I know, but I wonder. Not intimate, but distant, and therefore visibility. Ava and yirah, love and awe. Or, right, love and marriage, love and... Love is what every rabbi and every sociologist of Judaism in America wants us to do. Love is, how do I get them in the doors? Love is, in a counterculture where you can do anything on Friday night, what brings you to Romamu tonight? Or to BJ or Adan Sheikh Chesed, or to the myriad of synagogues around this country? Love is what the marketing specialists tell us we need to do in order to get you in the pews. Don't push them away, but pull them in. Make exciting programming. Make sure that it's got a good message and that the music is great. Right? Make sure that the consumer gets the product. Let's build a synagogue with flashy titles. Let's make sure that our churches have relevant messages. Make sure that those who live in a world of choice make that choice because we give them a reason to make that choice. And I think that that is swell. I think it's appropriate. It's going with the times. It's the truth of the times. People don't have to go to services. People don't have to. And so we have to find a want to. I love Judaism. I came back to Judaism after I had many offers on the table, as all of you do, to walk away. Ten years of searching the Bhagavad Gita and the sutras. Ten years of ashrams and yoga. Ten years of chanting with the Sufis and with the Christian mystics. Ten years of sitting at the Zen Mountain Monastery in Mount Tremper. Ten years of Tai Chi and Qigong. And I came back. And nobody made me. I wanted to. I love my tradition. I love what we did here tonight. I love the music. I love the wisdom. 
I love that the Torah ends and we don't know if it will begin again. And then my bear says, no, why are we reading it again? And I say, because we read it again. But there's another part of the bet of Breshit. It takes two to build a world. And the other side of that world is when I don't want to. The other side of that world is, as every parent and every child knows, because I said so. And it isn't because you said so with your beard. It isn't because I have to, otherwise, God forbid, something will happen to me. It's I have to because I've committed to this. It's the I have to that gets me out of bed in the morning, the morning after. It's the I have to that says it's Saturday night and I'd rather go to a movie, but I'm part of the Chesed Committee with David Barrett and somebody needs a shiva. It's the I have to when we're not always feeling the I want to. It's the other part of that bet of Breshit that American Judaism, for the most part, doesn't emphasize. And that synagogues around the country, including Ramamu, are afraid to some degree to talk about. We don't want to lose you all, you see. We are afraid that as consumers, you might choose another place to go. But in the end, synagogue is not about a covenant grounded in consumerism. That's something that we should remember because people need to be engaged. But Yiddishkeit, Judaism, and any spiritual practice that is worth its weight has a component that says commitment, especially when I don't want to, especially when it doesn't feel right, especially when there are other things that are calling to me that have my name, me, plastered all over it. And along comes Yiddishkeit, Judaism, and says, it's not about you for once. It's about the commitment you made, the commitment to see to it that the world is engaged in practices of love, even when we don't feel it, to engage in practices of chesed, of loving kindness, to commit to go to a class on a Wednesday night, on a Monday night, to show up not when it's convenient, but dafka when it's not convenient. When everything is screaming at us and saying, sleep another hour, it's Saturday morning after all. This is the year, and tonight is the night, that I wanted to engage all of you and to charge you. I think Romumu and other synagogues like Romu have built a space where love is pretty palpable. Don't you feel it? There's not much judgment coming from this end or from others here. We don't care what you wear. We don't care what you think God is. We're not exactly sure what you're thinking when you're praying from the Siddur. In fact, as long as love is present, I think we're doing our work. But liberal Judaism in America and liberal Judaism here must have that other side of the coin. It has to have the side that isn't just, I want to, but I committed to. I know that on the trip to Borough Park this past Sunday night, and my wife knows this, that I'm a little bit of an inverted black sheep in white clothing, right? I'm a white sheep, but inside I've I'm, I'm got a black hat on, right? I, the, I left the yeshiva, but the yeshiva nef, never left me. I'm really, I'm always, I, as soon as I get to Bubba Park, Bar Park, I'm always looking for a guy, well, come on, let's dance, come on, let's dance. And I, and I was with a group of rabbis 
all of whom are part of the liberal spectrum. And we were blown away. On every porch, there was a sukkah. There were kids, my own kids' age, who were with their, their, their moms and dads, and they were up. It was like 11, 30 at night, and they were all going for they was They were going to go sing, and they were going to go dance. And we all looked at each other and said, we could never live here, but halavai, what would it be like, right? What would it be like if the liberal Jewish world was as, was as passionate about these things and we could do it together, egalitarian, in all of the beautiful ways where every human being is honored. What would that be like? And I think it's happening here at Roman, right? It's happening at BJ. It's happening around the world. But it can't continue to flourish unless on a Saturday morning we have a huge, like the same number of people, right? Saturday morning for a Torah service. Not I'm waking up and going to yoga. Go to yoga Sunday morning. You don't live in a country where you don't have two Shabbos. You have two Shabbos. You have Sunday for your yoga and Shabbos morning for Torah service. We pray for the sick in our community on Saturday morning. So come here who's sick. Romamut put three months into building what I think is the best adult education course in the city. In the back table and as you leave, you can get a pamphlet called The Well. And the well is chock full of every imaginable course from Zen Judaism to Zen Buddhism to Qigong to learn Hebrew, learn how to pray the Siddur. And ultimately, everyone, it will come down to one small choice. You will either sign up or you won't. So let me ask you. I hope that you'll sign up because you love it or you're looking forward to loving it. And even if you're not there yet, please sign up because you have to. <laughs> your children, your grandchildren, generations are looking to you to engage this practice. I can't tell you how many people come to me year in and year out and say, Rabbi, I did so many different things, but I want my children now to be engaged in Judaism. Can you help them? Can I give them your number? They're going to come to Romamu. And I say, wow. First thing is, you get engulfed. First thing is, you fall in love. First thing is, you sign up. First thing is, you make the choice between two difficult things and choose this tradition. Choose your spiritual life. I want to bless each and every one of you with the bet of Breshit, the two-ness that creates the world. The world of I love you and I want to, and the world of, wow, I respect this and I have to. <coughs> Let's be that community, okay, everybody? Yeah, amen? Yeah.